0: listening to the blooming inspired podcast network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host Accidental
1: Hope, a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Accidental Hope, and we continue the discussion with Marianne Gray of Accidental Impact. Last week, we finished up with part one, so if you didn't hear it, please go back and listen. It was wonderful to hear from her, and we were talking about control. Control, as humans, we have a really hard time releasing control I know I'm one of them totally guilty for that but I wanted to leave with you this verse before we begin the second part of our of this series and it's Colossians 1 16 through 19 it says for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist so guys he is the beginning the past the present the future and really there's there's so little that we have control over we can be wise we can be diligent we can be prepared But in the end, we have to release that control in order to find healing.
0: And the other part of wrestling with responsibility is dealing with moral injury, which I think you and I have talked about now. This, unlike the trauma piece, it's more cognitive. There's also, I think, a pretty significant spiritual component of uh, because many people say, why did this happen? Why did this happen? to the person who's hurt or killed and why did it happen to me why was i at the wheel why was i holding the gun whatever and there's not closure
1: in some ways that's the hard part there's no closure right
0: right. Mm -hmm. and so can we accept that there are certain things we'll never know Mm -hmm. can we accept that we choose to believe certain things (laughs) and so on so that's a second chunk and then third i think is what I would call post-traumatic growth. And there's a a lot of really good evidence now that trauma is not only negative, that experiencing a trauma can have positive effects down the road. Um, We feel stronger. We know we could handle more. We deepen our appreciation for life we learn to rely perhaps on other people. We acknowledge you know, behavioral or addiction issues in our own lives, or we acknowledge the limits of our personal control and develop a bit of a more humble attitude toward our ourselves. None of this means that we'll be thankful ever for becoming a caddy. I've heard people who have had other kinds of traumas, say, oh, you know, in retrospect, I'm kind of thankful. It's like, no, I'll never be thankful. Uh, But since this did happen, we can choose to grow. And I believe that's important. I believe Mm we honor the person that died, the victim, and everybody who suffered when we become better people. And when we take steps to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. and That's also how we regain a sense of belonging. Remember, moral injury makes us kind of pull away and isolate or feel alone. So we regain a sense of belonging and acceptance, and we regain a sense of agency, understanding what we can and cannot control, and using our agency appropriately taking action where we can, um, and then also we regain a measure of pride and self-acceptance, mm-hmm. which often suffer greatly in the wake of these tragedies.
1: I call it the what now factor. The what now.
0: Right. That's, that's good.
1: Instead of the why me, why not me. There's, right. There's human suffering all over this world. Right. There's human tragedy all over this world. But who's to say that, you know, a child in India or a third world country or who rises from nothing gets their education and has has suffered immensely things, you know, that we can only imagine and then overcomes it, that resilience, like you're saying, the what now instead of why me, why not me? And then this is the trauma. This is what we have. What now? And I... I hope I'm in the growth part. I love that post-traumatic growth. I I feel like I do the cha-cha, like, I, like I'm <laughs> in th- maybe in some of those well, phases. Well, and then
0: we, we rotate okay. all these years later. I can on occasion, fortunately rare occasion right now, I can still get triggered in certain ways. But fortunately, that doesn't happen nearly as often as it used to.
1: That gives oh. me so much hope. When you said you pointed on some things like sleeping, I, I, I cry less. I wasn't a crier before my accident. And then I was like, cried every day, all day. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry. Like I didn't even cry at movies before my accident. I would get emotional like with my children, like, you know, but wasn't very emotional. I, I didn't cry very often. And then now I cry, uh. you know, but but it's better than it was a year ago. (laughs) uh, So you gave, you give me hope. (laughs)
0: Maybe one of these days. I would say is, you know, tears can be a great sign of strength. They can be very, they could be healing. They can build connections to other people. They can build connections to ourselves, to our inner self, to our soul, whatever you want to call it. Um, how do you take that energy that sad energy and how can you use it in a, for your own growth to make and to make the world a better place you mm-hmm. know those tears are a sign of your compassion and your ability to feel and that's tremendous strength so and you're using it every day now <laughs> as you talk to people as you do these kinds of interviews that's an example of how we could take the elements of our trauma and learn from them, and respect them, and grow from them. That's so good.
1: The growth, the growth. That that is that is the the goal. Because if it doesn't, I, and I, I completely agree. I was like, you know, when I was making some decisions on health and healing and. Acceptance and working through all that, I was like, you know, thinking about how what a waste if I did not try to grow from this and did not try to make things better. I'm very passionate about talking to people about distracted driving. I don't know why, you know, that is, I, I don't know why that became my thing, but it gave me this passion, you know, like what you're saying, it gave me a passion where passion had left for a while in that depression. I felt like right. a shell.
0: Sure, and you I was done. You, you certainly need time to grieve and process right. what took place. There's no skipping over the pain and the despair even.
1: No. And if you do try to skip over, it will come out it'll, eventually in different ways. Yeah, It'll find you. Mm-hmm. It'll find you. Yeah. It will, yeah. yeah. The passion now is, oddly enough, distracted driving. Because I felt like that was the only way I could contribute to maybe prevent something. Sure. You know, the people who, it gave me a sense that it was a way to honor David. Right. I, I can't change these circumstances. And what's interesting enough, because he was on a motorcycle, I know there's lots of things about Share the Road, and I felt like to tell other drivers like, hey, we really do have to be more cautious, more considerate, more compassionate. We do have to talk to our young people to listen for the the motorcycles. We have to be aware in certain situations. You know, it just kind of made sense in my brain for whatever reason. That's what kind of stirred the the fire inside me. Great. (laughs) Yeah. So that's important. Yeah. The growth part. That's 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 my ultimate goal. And I and I do, I agree that when we if we can grow that way. And if I didn't have anything to show for it, I felt like it would not necessarily dishonor, but it would be like all that pain was in vain.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. There's, there's no point. I mean, for many years, I lived a much smaller and more constrained life as a result of that accident. And in my opinion, now when I look back, that did not honor that child. It did not honor the preciousness and fragility of life. It was an understandable response to trauma. Um, but I'm glad it was my final response to trauma. There's there's far more. Yeah. I used to think, since we're talking about this, I used to really wanna like even the scales. Like I've taken a life how am I ever going to make up for that? And I thought, oh, you know, I need to run into a burning building and save a senior citizen or jump off a pier and save a drowning child.
1: I and, wanted to be a surrogate.
0: Right, right. And, you know, for, for whatever reason, life did not put those situations in front of me. But I also think that was a bit of a clearly was a fantasy, and it was also a trap, because I think that grace, at least for me, the growth and the grace come from doing what I can day in and day out, the Mm -hmm. slow, steady work of trying to be the best and highest self that I can be, Mm -hmm. trying to reach for compassion and kindness, Mm -hmm. and that there's nothing dramatic or glorious about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll never be able to make up for taking that child's life ever. The only person who I mean I'm not person. I mean, if, if I believe in God and I believe, you know, that, that he or she or that spirit will make sense, you know, that at some point it will all make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But until then I, live with mystery and I'll never be able to make up for it. Um, so all I could do is move forward the best I can.
1: Yes. Yes, and that's beautiful. And and we're all gonna do it at different paces. Right. And and Absolutely. We're gonna do it at different paces and we're gonna find that belief system in different ways.
0: Right. And that took me twenty years.
1: <laughs> still beautiful. Twenty or yeah. two. Yeah. 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 Or two months, any whatever it is, it's, it's your own journey. It's your right. own journey. And, and it's, uh, I think we all have, all of us in this world is going to have some kind of journey. This Absolutely.
0: just happened to be ours. We all, none of us get through life without hurting another person. Now, most people, fortunately, will not kill or seriously injure someone, but we all, you know, we, it's one of the tragedies of being human is that we hurt each other. Mm-hmm. We hurt each other's feelings. We bump into each other. We say things that are taken the wrong way. And in the wake of that, you know, what? what do we do with that? What do we do with that? Do we want to just be defensive? Do we want to just pull away and blame ourselves forever? Or do we want to try to use that add richness and add meaning to our lives and the lives of those around us.
1: Right. One of them, one of those choices leads to life and a more normal life. And one of those choices leads to probably ultimate your own death. Yeah. Because you die to yourself. Right. Right. Right.
0: I do know there, there is a whole body of research on perceptions of, other people's behavior and attribution they call it attribution theory what do we attribute other people's behavior to and when something happens that's highly distressing like an an, like somebody's fatal accident or a death people are often quick to assume intention and assume blameworthiness and that's kind of the default and then they have to be provided with more information to recognize that circumstances were otherwise so and and that's particularly true when the caddy is different than we are a different uh race a you know kind of an outgroup member different race different uh, gender, different social class, different nationality—we have more difficulty putting ourselves in their place, and our attributions can be harsher. So, all of that has some implications for the legal system. I, I definitely believe that we need to hold ourselves accountable if, if and when we make mistakes, where we're accountable for whatever whatever comes of that. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't defend ourselves or mount a vigorous defense, uh, but we do need to look into our own hearts and accept responsibility at, at the appropriate level, whatever right. that is. It's so- been a
1: struggle for me recently where... I know I unintentionally pulled out from a stop sign. I yielded at the stop sign and didn't see the cyclist approaching. Um, So, But I I still did not yield the right-of-way. So I know that that's my acceptance and part of this responsibility. Where I struggle is maybe someone unintentionally thought the light was yellow and it had turned red and somebody had already came or in a new area and you – Accidentally run a stop sign because you didn't realize where you were. Um, in Texas recently, in Austin, there was and it made big deal on the news. Uh, and it was a a woman who uh, hurt a young child in a parking lot at a soccer, you know, like youth little league soccer. She didn't right. get distracted by trying to figure out which field to go to for her child's team right. and and then hit um, a, a young child in the parking lot. And that oh. woman was arrested,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, because her distraction was looking for the right field. And, you know, the city has to protect itself. And you do have to sort out all that stuff. But the trauma, that's a separate trauma. And I, you know, I just... Of course my heart is just wrenched for the family and wrenched for the Yeah. It's, for the woman. It's,
0: it's, yeah. It's such a sad situation. And it her is. family will suffer, not just her. Lots
1: of different comments going on. And what's interesting is that was Austin, but then there was another one in Fort Worth, same thing, a child in the parking lot, and that one didn't get near as negativity. The man was driving a truck versus the woman in the soccer field parking lot. And it's so, it's just interesting how the real strong emotions that come attached to this type of. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
0: very strong. And the tendency that what is difficult for me is the way people are so eager to blame. <laughs>
1: And I think it's human nature. You wanna feel like there has to be a
0: reason or you know, someone to blame. Yeah. Right. We wanna we wanna blame someone and just think, you know, how many times do people drive distracted and not hurt somebody? You know, how many times do people drive drunk and not hurt someone? We call that philosophers call that moral luck. That we, that when the consequences are bad, we blame the person more than when than the same behavior when the when consequences do the same, yeah. are denied. And, yeah. You know, people talk on their phone or read their text messages all the time, but if nothing happens, then it's okay. We're, we're not as angry with them. Then when something happens, we kind of condemn the whole person. And I wish there could be a more nuanced. You, but I think that's a long ways away,
1: right? But it's dynamic. something I'm thinking about. I just wanted to know if you've thought about it too, because yeah, think-
0: I do think about it. I don't, I, I don't have a solution to offer no. at all. No,
1: <laughs> but it's a thought. It's something to think about. Maybe a listener will have, or it's eventually we'll get there. Oh, that's some heavy stuff. But I, I do know that you're making a huge impact, one by one, or a hundred by a hundred. You know that yeah. see the. Because there are, like you said, there's thousands of us, and and the timing is right, and the universe lines up the stars, and the search engines pick it up, then they find this and and then it offers some hope. Do you have a message of a final message of hope that you want to share with anyone?
0: sure i I do for for those who might be in despair, having become a caddy at whatever point in time and feeling like You'll never get over it. You'll you'll always you'll always be suffering. I can offer hope. I think I felt that way for decades. I believe that psychotherapy is tremendously helpful. Um, personal integrity is essential, and making choices about how to use the energy these tragedies. And first kind of bind up and tie up in ourselves, we can choose to harness that energy and use it in different ways. Now, often one of the um, difficult aspects of trauma is that we often feel like our thoughts, our feelings, even sometimes our behavior is out of control. And so when I say, well, you have choices to make, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. So, for people who are in that situation, the first challenge is to manage PTSD. And the not, certainly not the only way, but the most efficient way to do that is to work with a psychotherapist. And at that point, you will find yourselves able to make choices. And there's something exciting and fulfilling in that. And mm-hmm. so for people who are suffering, I can say, you will always remember this tragedy. You, I think of my victim every day, and I wouldn't want it otherwise.
1: I know. but People don't understand but, that, he, but yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But he's no longer my enemy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is a symbol of how precious life is, how fragile life is. And he's a symbol of how I want to live my life to honor him. So those are my parting thoughts. Oh,
1: so good. So good. Here's a fun question. Do you want a fun question? Sure. I would love to know, do you have a a book that you've read recently that that you've enjoyed? I mean, it can be anything. I
0: I just finished this morning reading, uh, I'm going to pull it up so I can give you the full reference. The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Um, it won the Pulitzer wow. uh, a year or two ago.
1: It's Are a- you going to go see the Harriet Tubman movie?
0: Probably. Yes, Probably going to be so good. Anyway, It was a wonderful book. It's a great read and i recommend it.
1: Okay. Do you have anything that you do to manage stress? Something that you enjoy that a hobby? Something that has helped you along this
0: journey? I have a whole bunch of things i do. Sure. To whatever. Okay. One sure. of them is one of them is exercise. I'm a big exerciser. Another is playing with my dog. And Aww. i have a little i have a little mutt that i adopted. He's 11 years old now. He's getting up there. Um, but playing with him or walking him or throwing the ball for him, dog park, stuff like that. Guaranteed stress reducer. He's so your baby. T- <laughs> he is. <Aww. laughs> those are the two things I go to first.
1: Okay, awesome. So, exercise. Do you have a particular one that you love, like yoga or walking?
0: Um, I was a pretty serious boxer for a no while. No way! I didn't That's hit awesome. people. I didn't hit people, but I did hit. Um, well, I hit my trainer when he was holding <laughs> focus mitts or wearing a protective vest or whatever. Um, I love that. I, I did a lot of boxing and I loved it. Lately, so good for you. I have I've been doing less of that, but just a good. Good old workout in a gym does it for me.
1: Gets the aggression out. I used to love yeah. Taibo. Do you remember Taibo? Were oh, you? Yeah. yeah, I did that. I had the the VHS tapes <laughs> <laughs> way back when. That's so fun. Uh, yeah, I love I love boxing yeah. too. Okay, so and then the last thing I was going to ask you: uh, Do you have like a certain mantra or? You said you're believers, so do you have a verse or do you have a saying or a quote that maybe on hard days you go to it kinda goes, you know what? It kinda this is a hard day. You acknowledge it and then you maybe you have something that kinda that you use.
0: Hmm. That's a good that's a really good question. I I think the one I've been going to most often is so simple that it seems silly, but it's telling myself to use my agency. Mm. So when I'm uncertain or lazy, just want to lie on the couch and read a book, I don't feel like doing my work or when I feel insecure about my work or when I'm not sure what to do, I tell myself I have agency. I can make choices. And I remind myself of that. And I, and I can not only make choices, I can implement them. Yes. So I remind myself of that on a regular basis. And it seems so silly.
1: No, I so think I, I'm going to steal that. It's helpful to me. I could have used that yesterday when I was I, sort of in a pity party. <laughs> yeah. I love it. No, that's great. Ah, well, we covered a lot of topics. And there's so many more we didn't touch on. And I really hope really really hope that you'll come back and visit with me and talk with me again and the listeners as you um discover something or you know just to say hi because there are so many topics that we could have covered but i i just want to say thank you for your time and oh, thank uh, you i truly really appreciate anytime. it you you really are doing great work and you are a hero to many Um, Whether you ever get the chance to talk to you or not, you are. So thank you. Come back and visit next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the Ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.